thank you for tuning in to another episode of Hike Your Life, IGTV's number one hiking show on the planet. My name is Thorough Alexander and I'll be your host. This episode is sponsored by Friday Outdoors. That's F-R-I-D-I-E Outdoors. Diversifying the camping world with a camping app that teaches and shows all the know-hows to camping. Download the app for free today in the Apple or Google Play Store. Our guest tonight is Todd from Instagram account at Outdoor Adventures with Todd. That's Outdoor underscore Adventures underscore with underscore Todd. His playground is the SoCal area in the American Southwest. However, like his Instagram profile says, if he's not out on an adventure, then he's probably planning the next one. If you would like to watch a live episode of the show, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Instagram handle at Thorough underscore Alexander. That's T-H-U-R-R-O underscore Alexander. The show airs every Tuesday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and 6 p.m. Pacific. Check your local time zone. Without any further ado, let's start the show. What's going on, man? What's up? Let's let's get right into it, man. So, Todd, tell us about yourself, man. Are you a rocket scientist, uh, a UFO hunter, a Marvel superhero? Who are you, man? Tell us about yourself. I don't know about rockets, but I am a scientist. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been a teacher for 24 years and at the high school level. And it comes no surprise to anybody that I'm an earth science teacher and a biology teacher, uh, AP environmental. I've kind of done it all in the sciences. And so I've been at that for 24 years. So I teach what I love, you know? I teach what I'm passionate about. So that's part of my persona. Um, I'm here obviously because I love hiking, camping, anything outdoors, Uh, I would say Anything that doesn't involve um, a free fall at all. <laughs> I want my feet or my equipment to be on the ground. Uh, so no skydiving or hang gliding or bungee jumping, anything like that. But everything else is pretty fair game. Um, okay. I'm a husband. I'm a, a brother, uh, a son. And I would say adventure runs in the family. So I am also best friends with my family and my husband we all go adventuring and and we love every minute of it in fact i just got back yesterday from another okay okay well before i ask you where you guys got back from because i definitely want to save that uh how did you actually get into the outdoors like how did all that even start for you i have to credit my uh parents and they just they've got us out there uh, I came along after the tent days and uh, heard some pretty wild stories about surviving uh, hurricanes and tents and things like that. So I came along when my family upgraded to the pop-up camper, and uh, we would go camping and on road trips and things like that. Uh, they got me into Boy Scouts, and I became an Eagle Scout. And along the way, I, I don't know how many camping trips. We went on a camping trip every single month. So I did some really adventure stuff with them, a lot of weekend camping trips. So it's just always been a part of who I am. Part so of you're, you're the real deal, man. Like you, <laughs> you've actually, 
you've really been doing this for a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, it's been kind of a roller coaster. And I would say uh, I went through kind of a slower period where I was just focused on other stuff. And, and then uh, last few years, uh, after many years of, you know, arm twisting, and convincing got my husband out there and and now we're just we're we're, we're out at 110 percent now okay okay so he he wasn't too much of an outdoorsy person <laughs> before you got into it no i wouldn't say you know i'm not going to pick on him too much but i think his idea of a hike was walking from the car to the mall or something like that so okay <laughs> hey we hey, we call that urban hiking man and that's okay so todd man Right now, it's time for Thoreau's Test Your Knowledge. And I don't know, man. I think you're going to breeze through this one because you're definitely the real deal, man. And tonight's Test Your Knowledge round is sponsored by Kia Outdoors. Uh, that's K-E-A Outdoors, building innovative outdoor gear so you can adventure better. So here are the rules, Todd. You have five questions, three multiple choice, Two true or false. And don't worry, uh, you have lifelines. So the audience, the audience, they can always help you on any question, no matter what. So if you get stuck, you can always reach out to the audience. Uh, you can see what they say. Uh, on the last question, I will give you a 50-50 if you need that. And, hey, if you get stuck before that, you can also ask me for a clue. And I'll be glad to help you out, Todd. Okay. So are you ready to play? Help a teacher out here. The tables have been turned. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you got this. All right. So here is your first question. -na -na -na. Which of the following is not generally used for hiking? Is it A, hiking poles, B, hiking boots? a rubber ducky oh wow okay i don't think i'm gonna need to use my lifeline on this one it'd be right rubber ducky but i'm gonna go with c rubber ducky that is correct uh it's generally uh not used for hiking you you can take it as a buddy but uh yeah it's definitely not uh generally used for hiking all right so here is your second question true or false according to the leave no trace principles it is okay to chop down live tree branches if they're blocking your view of a scenic overlook is that true oh boy you know there's been a time or two i wished a branch wasn't in the way but i would never chop it down i would say that is a, that's a no-go yeah bro hey it was so hard for me to hold that one in <laughs> oh man I'm telling you, man, that I, I can't tell you how many hikes I have literally wanted to just pull the hatchet out my bag and do it, but uh, you can't yeah, yeah. do it. All right. Pretty good. And May Grant says he would bring a rubber ducky on his hikes. On his hikes. All right, Nate. Here's your third question, Todd, and it gets harder still. Multiple choice. Which of the following devilish places is not located in California. Is it A, the devil's backbone, B, the devil's doorway, or is it C, the devil's 
post pop. Oh. In California. Okay, I do let my students use their journals on quizzes, so I'm going to go ahead and use my lifeline. We're going to go. Uh, what do, I got asked the. Yeah, you can always ask the audience. So if you're in the audience right now, uh, Todd needs your help. Which of the following is not in California? Is it the Devil's Backbone? I like that. Devil's Norway, or is it the Devil's Post Pile? I'm thinking I gotta I gotta narrow it down fifty fifty. Everyone, help me out here. B and C is what I'm between. Okay, and actually, I think that's so. That's you're actually right. It's out of B and C. So it's either the Devil's Doorway or the Devil's Postbox. So Jamie Hike It Off is saying Devil's Doorway is not in California. Okay, and so is Level Up Hiking. Well, thank you. She's saying both my friends, one in person and one in Instagram. I appreciate it. I'm going to trust the both of you. I'm going to go with Devil's Doorway, not in California. And that is correct because the Devil's Doorway, I've actually been there okay. myself. Okay. And that is on Devil's Lake in Wisconsin. Oh. It's actually pretty beautiful, man. Yes, it's a wonderful formation. Hey, you've got a, you got a goal now. I'm shocked that you haven't been there. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it's a beautiful place to go. I would definitely recommend that uh, for one of your vacations on uh, time for sure. All right. So here is your fourth question. True or false? According to the National Park Service, in the mid-19th century, Joshua trees were named after the biblical figure Joshua by Mormon immigrants because they saw the limbs of the trees outstretched in supplication, guiding them westward. Yes. Isn't that true? Explained it perfectly thorough. <laughs> and guess what? I was just there two days ago watching those. Oh, man. All right. So it paid off because you are correct, <laughs> right. man. And I couldn't believe it. Man, uh, I actually had to look that up. I was like, man, there's no yep. way. But um, this is actually on the National Park Service website, so it is true. All right. Okay, Todd, here it is. And there's a possibility you might need all your lifelines for this one. Here we go. From the list below, which California trail is the longest out of the list below. Is it A, the elusive Bigfoot Trail? Is it B, the famous John Muir Trail? Is it C, the high and mighty Tahoe Rim Trail? Or is it D, the High Sierra Trail? Oh, boy. I kept hoping you'd say PCT. Um... I know. You are, yeah, you didn't make this last one easy on me. And I think you're absolutely correct. I need some lifelines on this one. I don't even remember the list. <laughs> okay, so I'll narrow it down for you. I'll use the 50-50. Mm -hmm. uh, from these two, which would be the longest trail out of these two? The elusive Bigfoot Trail mm -hmm. or the famous John Mayer Trail? 
which one of those trails would be the longest? And have you heard of either? I have, well, I've heard of Bigfoot and he has been all over, but I didn't know that he had a trail named after him. So it's sure a trick question, which means that I should go with the Bigfoot trail. And that is correct, Todd, because that is actually the right answer. <laughs> he did pretty good, man. So the Bigfoot trail is actually 360 miles long. And it runs through, and I'm not sure how to pronounce this. I'm probably going to butcher this. But it runs through the, the Playmath or Klamath Mountains mm -hmm. in Northern California. Okay. Uh, whereas the John Muir Trail is only 211 miles long, the Tahoe Rim Trail is 165, and the High Sierra Trail is only uh, 49 miles mm -hmm. long. So. All beautiful. Beautiful, I'm sure. But all right, good. Now I know. I learned something. Thank you. And just for playing the game show tonight, Todd, you're going to go home with a water filter by Kia Outdoors. Fine. So after the show, I'll get with you okay. about that, man. Cool. All right. So when it comes to the SoCal area, Todd, I noticed you, you actually do a lot of hiking out there, man. Um, what are some of your favorite trails out there? Um, okay, so you, anyone who follows me already knows we became desert rats a few years ago. Um, so anything I can do in Anza Brego Desert State Park, um, those of you who are from SoCal know that that's the biggest state park in California. Uh, they're up to 600,000 acres. If Jamie hiked it off is still on, uh, you know, kudos to you and the Anza Brego Foundation. They keep making it bigger and bigger. So there's just endless trails out there, or not trails. You can hike anywhere you want, um, pretty much. Um, and then the Laguna Mountains. I spent a lot of time in the Laguna Mountains, which is eastern San Diego County, uh, about a 45-minute drive from where I live. So do you, do you just stick to the trails out there, or do you, enter like, uh, do you ever venture off trail and explore? Yeah. Um, so in Anza, we... We actually purchased a book. There's a series of three books that are all pretty much off. There's some on-the-grid hikes, but a lot of off-the-grid hikes. And you know from living in Arizona, you can just hike up desert washes, dry creek beds, dry waterfalls. So we kind of did all the big hit, hit trails that are on the Internet, on all trails. And then we picked up those books, and we just started going off-trail. And then I got involved with the Anza Brago Foundation, and they, they go on much longer, more challenging off-the-grid trails. So that's something you can do in the desert. It's, you know, not only permissible, but it's actually encouraged. Up in the mountains, I stay on trail just because of, you know, responsible hiking and not trying to create too many crisscrossing trails through the forest or across the meadows. So it just depends where I'm at. Okay. 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 Um, so speaking about the desert, man, I noticed that you just did some hikes in the Grand Canyon, and I believe Sedona, man. Uh, you got to tell me about this, man. What was the scenery actually like there? Because the last time I checked out the Grand Canyon, and this was a few weeks ago, I saw snow there. As a matter of fact, I even saw snow yep. in Sedona. So what was your experience like? Okay. For, I, don't know, I saw my sister pop in here a little bit ago. Kudos to my sister Michelle for getting me out to um, 
these play oh yep <laughs> there she is uh yeah she's these are her ideas so we adventure together we went down there we didn't we came prepared with warm weather clothing and the micro spikes but we had no idea the beauty we were in for sedona is i i left a piece of my heart in in sedona um we would wake up, it'd be foggy, it'd be drizzling, and then by the afternoon, the clouds would kind of start to break up and that sun would start popping through and there was snow on all the, the red rocks and it was incredible. And then we went to um, Grand Canyon, of course, through Flagstaff and all that was just buried in snow. And then we got to the Grand Canyon, there was still a lot of snow um, in the upper, I don't know, 1,000, 1,500 feet. So it was incredible. Oh, oh man. Um so so how was it? Because I noticed on one of your posts I saw I think I saw some donkeys, man. And I was like, whoa, okay. If I'm seeing some donkeys, that's got to be some type of long hike, man. So tell tell us about that adventure. So I did come across a lot of donkeys and a lot of donkey poop. Um just it's on the trail so <laughs> as the snow starts to melt away it kind of intermingles there with their their uh their poop and it's a little rank but you get through that and then it's pretty cool though seeing them come up the trail they got their trail stacks on and i think what they're doing i only went down to the uh there's a three mile um the safety hut so i went down three miles and but they're going all the way down they're bringing supplies down to the camps down below the river. So that's kind of their job. And I, I didn't see anybody. Well, actually, they did see some people on on the back. So they'll, they'll take people down and up, too, if they don't want to walk it. Do you remember what trail that actually was, Todd? That was the Bright Angel. And the Bright the, Angel they, trail. Yeah, Bright Angel um, is pretty epic. And I mean, you gotta be careful in the Grand Canyon and there's warnings all over the place, but you're just bebopping yourself down the mountain and you look at your, your, your tracker or whatever, you haven't elevated a single foot, right? Because you're going all down and you kind of trick, you're all mesmerized by everything around you. And then on the way back up, you realize, whoa, I gotta hike back up over 2000 feet. And it, it's the, the switchbacks are, endless and they're tricky because you'll think you're almost up but between here and that switchback there's a bunch that are hidden in between so it can play mind games with you too it's oh okay mm -hmm. so i kind of one thing that um i guess you said that stood out to me is to always remember um you know when, when you're doing these hikes and you're going down to keep in mind that you have to come back up because a lot of times that's 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 where you can get into trouble and things like that you know go, going down is, is always the easiest and coming back is always something to keep in mind so if you know if you're watching and you're starting a hike that starts off going down you know right you definitely want to keep in mind that you're coming back so did you actually do any camping while you were out there todd no, not that particular trip. We all we did, you know, Airbnbs and, and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I do a lot of camping too. So sometimes I treat myself. We stay in, you know, places with warmth and a bed and all that and a kitchen. So, but yeah, I like to camp too. Okay, 
Uh, so, matter of fact, I want you to hold that thought, man, because we're going to get to that. But right now, it is time for Camping Tips, sponsored by Friday Outdoors, diversifying the world with a camping app. And you can easily download that app in the Apple Store or in the Google Play Store for free. And it works uh, while you're offline as well. And here is Let's Stay with our camping tips. Hey, loving the conversation. Like, this is making me just want to get outdoors now. So for today's camping tips, we are talking about food because, you know, food always tastes better outdoors and the same thing for camping. Uh, so if you're getting out camping, Definitely want to recommend you to experiment. Uh, you'll need a camping stove and totally recommend getting a two burner stove uh, because that's what's going to be most closest to what you might experience at home. And also any kind of recipes that require like the take five ingredients or less. So I'm going to give some of my go to's like this is what we're eating probably 70% of the time. Uh, one is uh, gnocchi and uh, kale, gotta have the balance, right? And then also love some chili mac. Uh, you can make it vegan or you can make it vegetarian or add in that uh, ground beef, whatever your preferences are. Um, another go to for us are tacos because you can do some carne asada or you could do beans again, depending on your uh, protein preferences. So that's something that no matter who we've camped with, we can like adjust the recipes for kind of who's there. So, and you know, if you see any of our videos in the app, um, we always have our seasonings. So I, I don't even look sometimes. I just go one, two, three seasonings, and that's what's going in the dish. And that's how we make a delicious meal camping so okay. all right okay thank you for those uh camping tips let's stay and I, i've got to get me a stove man and the day i get the stove i'm definitely going to call you for some tips uh and definitely i uh, use the app that you have for sure uh see you next week see man see you next week all right so that was camping tips well, let's stay. So, Todd, do you actually cook uh, when you go out there when you're camping, or do you take like food that you don't have to cook? How, how does that okay. work for you? Okay, excellent. Because she brought up a bunch of really good recipes. I cook. Uh, I anybody I ever bring happy or camping to keep them happy, you got to keep them well fed. You got to keep them warm, which you, usually is not a problem here in SoCal. But we've had we've had an interesting winter. But you got to keep them well fed. So as long as they keep the fire going, I got my kitchen. I'm making recipes, sometimes pre-prepared at home. Sometimes I'm making them from scratch right there at the campsite. Uh, I've got my, like she said, two-burner stove. I've got my jet boil. Um, I've got the big tank of, um, of gas that uh, most people just hook up to their grill. So I got plenty of gas. What, what is the jet boil? What is that? Ah, jet boil. It's kind of game changer. Uh, that will, well, the original purpose was to heat water in, I think it's 90 seconds, depending on the size you get. So quick boil, pour it into one of those dehydrated bags, but I don't eat those a whole lot. I'd rather make my food. Um, and so, because we're mainly car campers. So I bought the uh, pot attachment and the pan attachment. And so we'll just pull up to some place in the desert 
or stick it in the backpack out in the forest, pull it out, cook a, we, I cook a full meal out there or reheat something I've already prepared, just put it in Tupperware and bring it out there. So that, in that way I'm getting a hot meal that was prepared in a kitchen and it's just, you know, out on the hike. And that just seems to keep everybody happy. Okay, so since you actually do a lot of car camping, because my wife and I, we actually went car camping for the first time on Valley of Fire. How do you plan your car camping trips? Like, how do you uh, look for campgrounds? Like, how does that work? Oh, okay. That's actually, that's half the fun to me is I will sit there and research campgrounds and hikes and drives and sites to see for hours. Um, that's well here in California, we've got, you know, the state park site. You've got, um, for national parks, you've got recreation.gov. Um, so it just, just depends on what level. We've got county parks here. They all have their own website. So you basically just open up their website, choose camping, um, open up the calendar, and, um, you know, just find a, a, a date that works. I will tell you that as camping and hiking have become more popular, especially after, during and after COVID, you got to be planning these things like months ahead. And sometimes you got to just go in and grab a site. And like I did our last trip to Joshua Tree a few weeks ago, I had grabbed that site six months ago or whenever they opened up, because they'll open up six months in advance on rec.gov. I just grabbed it, and I'm like, I got six months to find somebody to go with me. And <laughs> Javier could go at the last minute. Otherwise, I was going alone. I'm like, I am not wasting this campsite, because uh, they're really hard to get. Oh, oh wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I noticed when we did uh, Valley of Fire, so for that actual park, we camped at the Atlanta Campground, which is a great campground uh, for anybody that's trying to go out there. But you couldn't actually reserve for that one, but when we looked into um Death Valley, we noticed that I think they have one campground that you can reserve, but the other ones were like first come first serve. So that makes you kind of have to go out there. Right. I mean, huh? the first come first serve makes me a little nervous. Um, yeah. They have a lot of those up in in NorCal, and like I don't want to drive twelve hours not knowing if I've got a campsite. So I searched, searched and got one. Um, yeah, I'd rather reserve too, man. And another thing that I noticed is so some campgrounds, like when, okay, when I used to think of camping, I would think of the, the primitive style camping because, you know, I didn't know any better, but I'm thinking of, of just a tent and that's it. But what I've come to realize is that some campgrounds go as far as they, they actually have showers and certain amenities right. and things like that. So that's something that I always try to look for. Um, is that like a, a, a break it or make it think for you when you're looking for a campground, Todd? I've got the solar shower. I've got, I basically I've got everything. The way I planned and people laugh at my, you, if I could show you my garage, I would. It's just the whole wall is filled with camping gear. Um, basically the way I plan my camping gear is to get, if I could just drive into the middle of the desert, which we've done before, open up the back, I've literally got everything I need to not only survive, but be comfortable. So I'll, I'll go into the, in the middle of the desert and my car is full and people kind of laugh at me. <laughs> but then when I got this full kitchen and homemade meals, 
it's like, oh, this is kind of nice. So no, it's not a deal breaker for me because I I just go with everything I need. Okay, okay, yeah, that's I I think it's uh better to be safe than to be sorry. And shout out to SD Crazy Hikers real quick. Uh, I see you guys in the comments. I appreciate you for uh watching the show. All right, so let's get back to hiking for a little bit, or we can even mix it up. So, what's your favorite season? to go hiking or even camping the current season <laughs> how about that every <laughs> whatever season we're in <laughs> okay so and, you know, it doesn't it doesn't even matter to you at all i'll go i'm always looking to go um and we'll even go to the desert the hottest we've ever been there is 113 which i don't know how long you've been in arizona but you're going to experience that um so we'll We'll go out there. We'll adjust, of course, and but we'll we'll go anywhere, you know, any month. We're we're out there. I got the car for it. We got the gear, um, within reason. I mean, we don't put ourselves in danger in terms of temperature and stuff like that. But yeah, we're going pretty much twelve months a year. Okay. Uh, what what about hiking? So, do you what's like one most memorable mm -hmm. hike? that you had in the winter and it could be anywhere oh in the winter yeah um, in the winter okay well there's two that come to mind there was one a few weeks ago <laughs> that was supposed to be a hike and a sled ride that turned out to sitting on the side of the hill on the road for about two and a half hours Ooh. as the chp cleared away the, the we had fire truck trucks and highway patrol a lot of people up there not entirely prepared and um some very icy roads i don't even, i don't know if you knew we had that big storm that hit us a few weeks yes. ago saturday yes. night so me and avi and half of san diego county apparently wanted to go sled riding so um, we sat on the side of the mountain and then eventually they cleared everybody off and then they left this little pocket of people sled riding so we pulled over and joined them so it wasn't really a hike but it was it was a blast of a day um, the other one was in, I was just talking about this with my sister in Yosemite. I used to take kids up there every year, uh, my one class, and um, we would hike down to this. Um, those of you who know Yosemite maybe know Merced Grove Giant Sequoias. And there's a, the old caretaker cabin down there. No water, we gotta get our water out of a stream and no electricity, wood burning stove, that whole bit. So we're hiking, we go up there, we got our snowshoes, but the the snow is probably thigh deep. So we had, wow. it's only a mile hike to get to the um, cabin, but it probably took us a few hours because each person can only take about five minutes and then they would just collapse into the snow. And we had wow. turns leading. So that, that one definitely stuck in my mind for all these years. Wow, man. That, yeah, that sounds like a, a man. So when it, when it comes to, to hiking in the snow, man, what are some things that you would always recommend to bring, Todd? Mm. Uh, well, we, I just went hiking with my other sister yesterday in the snow and uh, thought my shoes were waterproof. They clearly weren't. So either waterproof boots, shoes, definitely a change of socks. Your core temperature is going to die if you don't have dry clothing. Um, <clears throat> you don't want your exterior to be wet, 
But then what you don't realize is because it's cold, you kind of forget your body is perspiring at a very high rate. And you may not be dripping, but your clothes are absorbing it. It could be kind of evaporating, almost like sublimation off your body. You're losing a tremendous amount of water and electrolytes. So you, you got to bring um, water and then electrolytes or salty foods and snacks because you could dehydrate very easily. Okay. Yeah, that's very important, man, because, you know, that's something that you just you just don't think about, like, dehydrating in the winter. Because most of the time when you think about dehydrating, you think about it being right. hot, you know, in the heat and stuff like that, man. So, mm -hmm. okay, that's, that's definitely very important. So let me ask you, bro, out of all the hikes that Todd has ever done, bro, what's, like, two hikes that, I mean, your most difficult – Hikes ever. Okay. What's like two of the most difficult hikes you've ever okay. done? Okay, I'm going to give you two, like you said. One kind of more traditional hike, horizontal mainly, up a mountain, but horizontal, and then one vertical. All right. So the one that was horizontal was with my friend Craig. He is an extremely avid hiker, and he's once he keeps hiking sections of the PCT. So he invites me to go. We hike from... Lake Morena, which is in southern um, San Diego County, almost at the Mexico border. We're going to hike up to the Laguna Mountain. Well, it's 20 miles, and I would say 90% of it was up. So I am so excited by this hike, and I'm happy I'm doing well. That I And I, I take a lot of pictures, and I play around on rocks and stuff. I kind of forget to eat enough. So by the last three miles, I am literally i mean usually you're using your trucking poles to kind of push you forward i'm like supporting myself with these poles oh and wow. so his husband comes in he's going to drive in he's going to pick us up and he's he, we get into cell coverage he's like come pick us up i see his car coming i'm at like 19.8 miles i'm like i am not getting in that car until i hit 20.0 <laughs> so i right. i said I'm going to hike, and I made it to 20.0 and then got in the car, and we went and had a nice meal and rehydrated and all that. So that was pretty – that was tough. That was an eye-opener because I'm like, you got to stop, and you got to get the calories in you because that's a lot of steps, and it was all uh, – um, the other one was actually in Quebec. We went on a, a Via Ferrata. Are you familiar Ooh. with that? Oh, I know I'm not, but I know it's in Canada, so I'm listening. <laughs> like sheer cliffs and you're tethered to the side of this cliff Ooh. i'd say solid four hours we were on the side of, of course my sister who's always gung-ho she picks the olympic route which is the <laughs> and i think that my two sis my other sister went i don't know how she felt about that i don't think they were on the best terms for a little while <laughs> she was pretty scared um i was okay once i got going but you're literally like, I don't know, 1,000, 1,500 feet up. You look down, the little boats and stuff in the fjord down below are like little tiny ants. So we were on the side of that cliff for about four hours. You're tethered, tethered. but you're double hooked on, but still. <laughs> you're on the side of a cliff. So that was pretty incredible. That was, um, you know, once we all got to the top, even my sister was pretty scared. Um, you know, she looks back on it now, like, that's a big deal, right? It's a huge confidence builder. 
So those are my two most memorable. I, I could just imagine, man, like, listen, anything, like you say in the beginning, anything that has to do with free falling, and for me, uh, being tethered is just a... a <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just a no-go for me, man. Uh, I don't need to be tethered, and I don't want free fall. Okay, so if it has anything to do with that, uh, it's just All a no-go right. for me, man. Uh, that sounds like one heck of an experience, man. Like, did you actually have any close calls on that hike, or mm, no? Um, he told us and barked at us enough times, you never have both hooks off the cable, obviously at the same time. And we got to practice beforehand. No, no close calls. In fact, the guy behind me was, he wasn't, he was just another person that joined the hike. And he actually got me to, to lean out and just let the cable go all the way tight and kind of lean and look back. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was not a free fall, but is about as close as you can get. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to, <laughs> to skip that. Both kinds of experiences. Uh, so, have you ever had any scary, cool, or even crazy animal encounters while hiking or camping? Oh, you know, I was just telling that to a friend. I said, you know, we really don't see a whole lot out in the desert. I don't know why we never see anything. And then I started listing things and one animal or insect led into the next to the next. Like, whoa, we've seen almost everything. Um, I, well, on a recent camping trip, we had a scorpion playing around in our, our campsite Ooh. and kind of getting under things and then he'd pop out and startle us. So we eventually got him in a Tupperware and gently relocated him to another place in the desert. Um, well, you're a good man, Tom. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm a biology teacher, so we observed him for a while and got some great pictures and all that. Um, I think we saw, we, okay, my sister and I saw a track. I wish I could share it, but it was probably about that big. Pads about that big. We think we might have seen a, a mountain lion track yesterday <laughs> up in Big Bear. So, so Oh, that, wow. was, that was a little creepy for a while. Yeah, yeah. man, because those, those things were huge, man. Uh, a friend of mine, he sent me a picture the other day of uh, a mountain lion that was caught out here some, somewhere in Arizona, man. Mm -hmm. And this thing was huge, man. Like, you, you can't – these aren't the type of animals that, I mean, you could play with, man, or no. try to, you know – even tussle with and stuff like they're a lot bigger they're a lot bigger right than what you think okay so um of all the hikes camping trips i mean national parks state parks and all of that what would be your top three adventures of all time that you've ever done okay okay i actually i figured you'd probably ask this so i put thought into it it's hard i mean i've been to a lot of great places I, I give um, a lot of credit to all my family and, and my husband and my friends who I'm just so grateful for all the opportunities I've had. So I want to throw that out there. Um, I'm very blessed. I would have to say 
recently, without going back through my life history of, of adventures, I'll stick to recent times. Um, I would have to say Lassen National, Lassen Volcanic National Park. Out there in California? What's that? Is, is that? That's out there in California? It's up about two hours north of Sacramento, so in NorCal. Um, we went from Redwoods, which is also incredible, and then you cut across the state and you end up in Lassen. And that's an incredible place. I mean, it's, it's hidden to most people. It's popular in NorCal, but down, down here, most people haven't been there, don't know it too well. Um, it, it's incredible. You, we hiked up a volcanic cinder cone. We walked through a, a lava tube. We hiked amongst um, sulfur pools kind of had to, you know, do this kind of thing because it sunk so bad. But what an incredible, and we're going back. We loved it so much. We're going to go back this summer and we're going to hike Mount Lassen, which is like the, the mother volcano, big, big peak, the original volcano. Um, we camped in a lake that was formed by dry, dry lava. I mean, it's just an incredible place. If you've never heard of it, look it up. Lassen, L-A-S-S-E-N, Volcanic National Park. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely look into that, man. Um, I, w I would love to experience that one day, man. I haven't. The the closest I think I've even been to a volcano was when I was in Texas, and I know next door in New Mexico, uh, there's a Capulin uh, Park, something like that. I think it's called Capulin National Park, if I'm not mistaken, and it's right there, um, but unfortunately, I just never got the chance to visit. And speaking of volcanoes, I know, I believe there's a volcano in yep. Hawaii that just recently erupted, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Well, um, a little bit of a joke between my coworker and me. We both teach earth science. And typically what we're teaching is happening someplace in the world. And so we happen to be teaching about volcanoes and this volcano's erupting. So, yeah, I mean, it's those things are active. Um, there's also a sixth um, Hawaiian volcano that's currently forming. It's underwater at this point, but so that's an active um, hotspot um, with an okay. forming. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, so let me ask you, Todd. Uh, and and before I ask you, so right now, uh, if you're watching the show and you have any questions for Todd, please use the question bubble at the bottom of the screen. Uh, I really uh, stress that you use the question bubble at the bottom of the screen. Yeah. Sometimes questions can get lost in the comments. Uh, I really don't want to miss any of these uh, comments or questions that you have. So if you have any questions for Todd, now's the time to key those questions in, in the question bubble. Uh, and before we get to those questions, Todd, yeah. do you have any questions for me or for anybody in the audience? Well... When are you coming to SoCal? <laughs> That's always a question. You know you got a tour guide. You can come up here to our desert. By the way, I've been loving your your recent series. Those Arizona pictures are off the hook. I can't wait to, to get back down there. So thanks for the inspiration. I appreciate that, man. Um, you know, honestly, my wife and I, we were supposed to go out to Death Valley. Yeah. We were supposed to do this. Last week, man, I believe it was last week, but unfortunately, 
we actually had to cancel that um, trip due to some unforeseen circumstances. So right now we're still trying to look ahead. Um, we're still thinking about Death Valley. We're also thinking about Yosemite. Okay. Um, I know summer is coming up, so it, it's it's getting you know it's going to be a little bit hotter. And I know Death Valley is definitely not one of those right. places that you want to be right. in heat. Um, so yeah. that season's coming to a close, but yeah, Yosemite will go all summer. Obviously, a lot of people, and it gets very hot in the valley. So you got to kind of have to account for that. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Yost John three sixteen. That's actually my buddy, uh, Jesse. I just went uh hiking with him. As a matter of right fact, on. he's the guy that's in that uh shot that I posted right on um, yesterday. Man, this guy he he's the real deal. He's like, like you, bro. <laughs> he's the real deal. So he asks, um, who are your outdoor enthusiast heroes? Like, who do you look up to? In the outdoors. Hmm. Um. I don't necessarily have one. Anyone in particular. I just a lot of what I know is word of mouth. So the more people I meet, the more more I know about the trails out there. I would say my hero is anyone who follows Leave No Trace principles. I know that's kind of like a cliche answer, but. Um, I just want to see the more people we get out on the trails, the more cognizant we have to be of leaving no trace. The rules are there for a reason. Let's follow them. So I respect people who are out there for the pure joy and passion of um, interacting with Mother Nature. Um, yeah. My other inspirations are just my own family. And I know he joined us a little late, a little late and I talked about that earlier, but I will tell him again, uh, my own family. They've, we've just always been, we've always been best friends, all of us. Right. And um, we constantly inspire each other. So, yeah, I, I would go with my own family. And now that, that Javi, my husband, is in on all this, I mean, he's, he's constantly ready to go. Um, I'm still teaching him, but he's right out there, man. He's learned so much. So, you know, being able to teach him and see him be excited by all these things, that's another inspiration of mine. Okay, okay. Um, Boss Mama was saying she thought Yosemite is closed for now. Do you know if Yosemite is closed? I don't know the current status, but it was closed. Um, it, I know I saw pictures from um, Sequoia and Kings Canyon too, which is just a couple hours away, and um, they I, they had snow up to like the peaks of roofs and things like that. So I think those that might be closed too. I don't want to spread false information, but I know Yosemite was. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um Gallivanting with Grant asks Grant. Where's your next adventure gonna be, bro? <laughs> well, we're gonna go back. I know Grant's been out to um to Anza, so we miss Anza Brego. Um they've got they've had desert flowers there since January and it's just gonna explode from, from here. So we're gonna go out and see some flowers. And then we're going to head back to the desert again in two weekends. My sister's here for three and a half weeks. So we're going to go out. And finally, I've been looking for an off-roading group um, because I do off-roading too, responsible off-roading. And this is a responsible off-roading group. And so um, I'm going to link up with them and hopefully meet some people who um, – it's a group that tr tries to minimize impact of off-roading. 
So I'm excited about that. So the next couple weekends are out in the desert. It's prime season. Okay. And here's a, a, a one last question from mm -hmm. to be healthy is wealthy. Uh, oh man, that's that's one of my good friends all the way from Australia, from oh. down under. Yeah. She asks, where outside of the U.S. would hey, you well, like say that to hide? Again, I get interrupted by a call. Where outside of the U.S. would you like to hike? I would like to hike, well, of course, in Australia. <laughs> I mean, she's already planning uh, trips for me. Uh, my mate down, down uh, in the other hemisphere is what I call her. Uh, we're going to dance, and we're going to hike our way through Australia, I think. <laughs> yeah. And then I've got England. So and I, I follow some people in, in Scotland and Ireland, and it's a totally different type of hiking, but amazing. And then my sister's, I'm sorry, I'm rattling off a lot here, but <laughs> my sister's oh, man. Iceland is on there. Um, my friend's on a cruise right now in Norway. That looks amazing. So there, there's four for you right there. You know what, man? I was actually looking into some spots in Ireland, man. Um, Ireland has a lot of cool, like, Lord of the Rings type of stuff that, I would love to see, you know, and sometimes when you think of Ireland, you think of stuff like, you know, Stonehenge, but Ireland is so much more. Um, they have like these these things that are called, and you, you're probably familiar with it, Todd, they're called dolums. And man, I just, I love how those dolums look, man. And there's so many of them that's just scattered over yep. the countryside over yep. there, man. And, you know, the, the, the beautiful one, I think they call them Monroe's over there in Scotland, you know, man, I, I would love to bag some of those Monroe's, man, and, and get it in, man, yep. for sure. All the time. You know, so, yeah, man, uh, the UK is, is heavy, heavy on my international hiking list, and so is Australia, man, Um, if I'm not mistaken, because I, I, I did a show uh month, months ago, man, and I found out, I think Australia has the most national parks. I think they have like 270-something national parks, bro. Wow. Like it's, it's insane, man. So, you it's, know, there's so much stuff down there, man. Uh, um, right on. But, yeah, man. All right, thoughts on, man, listen. Canada, too. Go, go say that again. We can't forget our friends in Canada, too, man. There's stuff I see from Canada. I'm sure you follow some people from Canada. They would have to lead me up to those hikes because some of them look terrifying, but they also look beautiful. And they just do it like it's a normal weekend hike. It blows me away. So I got to get back up to Canada, too. So shout you out. You know where I would like to go in uh, Canada? I would actually love to go to uh, the Rocky Mountains mm -hmm. that's out there in Canada. I would like to go to uh, Lake Alberta. i got to go to Lake Louise, um, Yoho National Park. Yep. I'm trying to get a ticket to Banff as yep. well. And, man, there's so much uh, other parks in the Northern Territories. I mean, I found it, there's a park called uh, Uku Sixalic. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Uh, it's way up there. It's literally uh, in the Northern Territories of Canada, but it's, it's like, almost right next to Greenland. And uh, Sir Millick is up there. Man, there's so much stuff that's up there, bro. Uh, Canada, I, I would just spend a year there, and I would just explore, man. But, um, 
Yeah, man. Uh, you know, Todd, it's, it's, it's been a, a wonderful time that we've had on the show, man. Uh, how can people that's watching right now follow you? So we're going to go Outdoor Adventures with Todd. Um, I've, I've also got um, My Plant-Based Adventures. Not quite as active there, but I've got a lot. Not right now, I'm not putting my energy mainly into my hiking site. But um, my plant-based adventures is where I put my – I'm vegan, so i got a lot of vegan recipes on there. And I've kind of – during the pandemic, it was all indoor cooking. But um, I've shifted over to outdoor cooking and trying to give people inspiration on how they can cook healthy, delicious vegan meals um, outdoors. So there's a couple ways right there. Okay. Uh, and so no YouTube, anything like that, right? I am so busy as a teacher, brother, son, husband. I can't keep up with the that. <laughs> Facebook. I still hang on to Facebook. That's all I have time for. <laughs> hey, I understand, man. Trust me, because I have a YouTube and... I'm probably, you know, I, I should be on there more because I do try to drop content, you know, every week or so, man. But uh, it's 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 just so hard keeping up with Instagram yeah. and that. All right, so uh, if you're watching the show right now, follow Todd at Outdoor Adventures with Todd. Uh, there is a underscore between each of those letters, mm -hmm. or uh, a, a for sure way to follow Todd is to hit the drop down arrow at the top of the screen. Uh, his screen name will easily pop up, and all you have to do is hit follow, so you can literally follow Todd immediately. Todd, it's been a great show, uh, and if you're watching in the audience for the first time, uh, our show is on every every Tuesday night, um, but we are going to be changing the showtime. So from here on out, the new showtime is going to be 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. if you're in Alaska, and it's going to be 4 p.m. if you're in Hawaii. It's your boy, Thurl Alexander, and I'm signing out. Peace. <laughs>